Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So, Zach, we sound a little bit different today. That we do. And that is because we are live and in person, except not live. Well, sort sort of live. We can pretend it's live. <laughs> Hi, studio audience. Hi. No, okay. That was that was a bad bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> rescind that. <laughs> We're going to not have to pretend. <laughs> uh, so Zach and I are on winter break, and we are back home. So our hidden treasures this episode are of our hometowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is of Rosendale, Wisconsin, which is a small town, about a thousand people, and it has two gas stations right next to each other. There's the mobile and the BP. Don't go to the mobile. The mobile's bad. Okay. Go to the BP. People are nice, and they... And you're going to find what you're looking for. I've found what I've been looking for in the mobile before. I've only been once, and I was just looking for ice cream, but... There's better ice cream at the BP, too. So, my hidden treasure is the BP in Rosendale, owned by the Bloomkey family. Yeah, that's... Yep. (laughs) It's a small town. There's not much to pick from. (laughs) Speaking of small towns with uh, small amounts of notoriety, Brandon, Wisconsin is home to Brandon Meats, a meat proprietor. I don't know what what to call them. It's a meat market. Uh, So they exclusively sell meat and some candy. There's also just some candy there. But mostly it's meat. And uh, you can get meat there. It's the only place that has beef jerky that I will eat at all. I've had that for so many years, and then one time I tried, like, Jack's Lynx beef jerky. I It's unacceptable. <laughs> Will not stand for this. The only real beef jerky comes from Brandon, Wisconsin. Get it shipped to you. They probably don't ship. Um, Get someone to drive out for you. Yeah. Pick up some beef jerky. Run back. Tell them that you forgot you also wanted hot dogs. <laughs> have them run back again. Mm-hmm. And repeat until you have enough meat. Yeah. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Don't join the Bloods. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Okay, so there are a lot of weird sentences in my Latin textbook. Okay. And it asks us to translate them, and they're weird because we have a limited vocabulary. So sometimes sentences like, The blood of my enemies is dearer than my mother pop up. (laughs) Well, and that's that's the kind of thing that you learn in first year Latin? Yes. Okay. That's, I mean, most of what they're doing in Latin, in first year Latin in Madison, is uh, teaching you how to translate from Roman texts, mm-hmm. where things like, the blood of my enemies is dearer than my mother, pop up. Yeah. So, the sentence, uh, I will go with the blood, was ah. a sentence. So, a quick PSA from my Latin teacher, um is, regardless of what your Latin book may say, do not join the Bloods. Okay. What what applications does Latin have for you as a mathematical sciences computer science dude? You have a lot of old computer science uh, knowledge <laughs> that needs to be translated out of Latin. Caesar was an interesting person. <laughs> No, I, to be honest, I really don't um, expect to use it very much, but it sounded interesting and specifically more interesting than first year Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that's where I ended up. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was just something to do. 
to get I had to fill some language requirements. So mm-hmm. plus it'll a lot of it, right, is similar to any of the romance languages you can yeah and i I can try to apply my knowledge to other romance languages and Mm -hmm. i can uh if you write down a spanish sentence for me i might be able to pick out some words and figure out what you're trying to say okay because they're similar but they're not that similar yeah it's like english is a germanic language can you speak german not even close but but the structure and stuff and a lot of the words are generally the same as Swedish, which is another Germanic <laughs> language. Yeah, maybe. I don't feel confident in my ability to translate Spanish or French or Portuguese or all right or even I... Latin right now. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of things I don't understand. <laughs> all right, valid. YouTube Rewind is... So confusing to me. Uh, I wrote down, actually, I, wa- I watched the YouTube Rewind, and it's just a video of, like, it's YouTube's, like, you're in review. Mm, yeah. Or what they want it to be, at least. Yeah. it's It definitely started as a YouTube's year in review ten years ago when they first did it. Seven. Seven years ago when they first did it. And I liked that one. It was really good. Yeah. I think, I honestly think they've all been good up until... Like, last year is what started getting iffy. That that one was the first one I watched, and I haven't watched any since until this one. Until Zach told oh, okay. me to watch this next one. Um, so, uh, I'm gonna just quick read off the list of references I understood. Alright. As a person who doesn't go on YouTube very much. Yeah. References I understood. Number one. At two minutes and ten seconds, mm-hmm. there was a solar eclipse. <laughs> That's all the references I understood. <laughs> Um, th- there was, here's a list of the people I recognized. Uh-huh. Stephen Colbert. Oh. Okay. So you, do you, do you think it was the right decision to put Stephen Colbert in there as the person who only recognized Stephen Colbert? I really don't have an opinion about it. I don't think the thing should have been made in the first place. Well, yeah. Besides that. <laughs> given they're making it. I, I really don't care. <laughs> like, if it's a YouTube, uh, like, there are definitely lots of Stephen Colbert clips on YouTube. Yeah. He's as much a presence, uh, to me at least, as mm-hmm. any of the, those other people. I suppose. Um, a, a lot of the different subcultures I'm a part of generally are not... They're disdainful of that chunk of YouTube. That's that's fair. Clips videos and... Just because originally YouTube was this social network with... You could reply. Like, subscriptions were a lot closer to friends. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was effectively video Twitter, I think. Because they had comments built in, they had uh, video replies just built in so you could upload a video and say, this is actually a reply to John Green's video. And then it would pop up as a video reply to John Green's video under his. But then it definitely evolved into not that. Yeah. And then it's kind of going back to like, YouTube's trying to make it feel like that, except uh, your friends are the vloggers and such. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely some just broader internet memes as well. There yeah. were some, like, the the guy sprinkling salt or whatever that meme was. There was a, a dude, dude sprinkling salt meme. There were fidget spinners everywhere and someone planked at five minutes and five seconds. <laughs> which I haven't yeah. seen someone plank in a long time. Yeah, no, that was kind of... Salt Bay is apparently the name of this meme. I am unaware. He's just, I don't know, some chef who... Uh, he's a very memeable chef, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm unsure of. Okay, that was 
It was an unproductive search down Know Your Meme. Uh, <laughs> uh, the music was a good mashup. I didn't like the song very much, but the mm-hmm. the mashup itself was alright. Yeah. Like, they got kind of like, air quotes, deep in the middle there. That was, yeah. I am pretty sure I stopped watching after that. I just really closed yeah. it. I, as people, I were was listening to another thing about it, and they were talking about the animations, and I did not get to the animations no, I because I was. I, they said it was after the credits, and I didn't watch after the credits because I was okay. ready to get out of there. But yeah, I was. I don't know. I. It had this reaction in me. Of, um, you know the the feeling when a when, especially when you're a kid when an adult tries to do something uh, cool. Uh huh. That's yeah. the feeling I got from that. Like YouTube, the U- the YouTube people are like, gotta do the memes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more in tune than that. Just also tone deaf. I think that's the. That's yeah. I would agree with that. Because there's also the feeling when you're like when you're getting an award or something when there's a big award ceremony and they say your name and you get up and there's like a a feeling in your chest. I, maybe this is just Pride. a me thing. Yeah, I guess. And, like, the the smallest amount of that started welling up in my chest when they had that. Everybody's hands started clasping together and they were floating in space. And, really? And I was like, what the hell? And I got angry at YouTube for attempting to... Exploit your emotions. Yeah, hijack that. <laughs> Which is like, that's, that's all they're okay. doing there. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. And I was confused because it wasn't matching up with what you were saying before. Oh, no. But yeah, yeah. yeah that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's it's this thing that I used to consider my community and my group and... Your community is run by an algorithm, Zach. Yeah, I'm aware. And Most communities are. Well, specifically this one because that, that's what... The people who appeared in this video are the people that YouTube wants their community to be. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the people that their algorithm will send people towards. Yeah. And for me, that's not what you should do. You should let the community decide what it likes. Not And I understand, like, you're trying to give people, like, their curated, like, little list. And that's what the algorithm was originally. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, we might think... We might think. We think you might like this. But it turned into, let's direct everyone towards this weird vlog. Yeah. And I'm not as cool with that. Mm-hmm. I think part of what used to happen was there were little bubbles. You would watch a Vlogbrothers video and it would point you towards Tobuscus, which would point you in... There was this little circle of those kind of people and then off in another bubble that barely tangented mm-hmm. um, was like the Call of Duty YouTubers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it's that YouTube is trying to merge it all into a singular thing. Why, though? Like, the the bubbles were good. You, if you liked something, you could stay in that bubble. You wouldn't have to look at Call of Duty videos if you liked vlogs. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's YouTube, it's Google's, um, their business, their money. They yeah. can do what they want with it, but they do, sh- they should realize that, like, it is affecting people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um... I'm going to steal a line from CGP Grey on Hello Internet this week, and uh, the people in YouTube Rewind are were generally, um, I think he used the term sickly extroverted. Yeah, disgustingly. Oh, yeah. Disgustingly ec- extroverted. Uh, <laughs> and just, just doing things 
for the sake of getting the subscriber. Mm-hmm. It's not videos I want to watch. Yeah. I, I like Number File and CGP Grey. Mm-hmm. And YouTube does not. YouTube is really bad at recommending videos for me. You know, one of the bubbles is oh. uh, reviews of things. Okay, yeah, like uh, MKBHD just here's this new phone that I got. Here's a yep. People spending absurd amount of money on gadgets and such. Just but they but don't. getting it back and get, and sometimes receiving things for free and yeah. having to just close that at the beginning sometimes. Sometimes, you <laughs> usually the good ones do. <laughs> I don't think there are any distinct laws around that. Nope. In the U.S. No laws, but generally moral codes. Yeah. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, the... But yeah, uh, reviews. Um, mm-hmm. Which is something we're going to do now. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so there are, there are, like, gadget reviews. And I did get a new phone recently, but I think I already did my little gadget review on mm-hmm. that. Um, but more concretely, the thing that we had... No, much less concretely... The thing that we had uh, given to us for us to review was knowledge. Speaking okay, no. of old YouTube no, culture. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I will not. No one gave me knowledge. I had to buy the knowledge. <laughs> and you cannot return it for in-store credit. No, you cannot. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be our semester review. <laughs> Personally, I have not prepared for it at all, so it's yeah, interesting. I was going to prepare for it and did not. I think I did all right. I'm still waiting on the results of my of a few of my final exams, but mm-hmm. um, you know how bad could it be? Yeah, I did the math, and if I got a zero on all my finals, then I would still pass the class. Mm-hmm. So I'm fairly confident that I didn't get negative points. Good. That's that's a good thing to hear. I'd wonder, I wonder if the PeopleSoft software would just explode if they gave you negative points. Or you think they're going to do like a square root or something? And maybe. Like take down the whole database with a negative one. I was looking at the Village of Rosendale website for uh-huh. my hidden treasure, and I, I immediately started thinking like, there's got to be actually zero security around this website. Oh man. Because it looks like it's from 2001. Yeah. It's got uh, it's got some divs with uh, dashed line borders. That's nothing from this decade. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. What was I, what was I saying? Hacking Rosendale. Hacking Before. breaking people soft. Oh yeah. Okay. Negative numbers. Negative numbers. I wonder if I can just type in a negative one into the contact us form. <laughs> I've hacked the mainframe. <laughs> Start deploying. Uh, Garbage trucks and post office <laughs> workers places. I don't know what you would do by hacking Rosendale to turn the street lamps early. <laughs> is that is that something you learned in one of your classes? Database hacking? No. No? We I there's no such thing as a database according to Computer Science three hundred. Um, oh. Only linked lists. Oh, well, Only yeah. linked lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was that, uh, was 300, well, now that you're at the end of it, was that um, kind of a data structures and algorithms, learning about binary trees and... Yes, that was exactly what it was. Cool. Um, the only other thing we did was um, just learn... It started off with basic uh, 
programming, just if statements, for loops, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which you're expected to know going in, but just like as a refresher, I think. Yeah. Um, and then we moved on to uh, using programming to data to learn about data structures or and stuff. So we mm-hmm. would be assigned like make a binary search tree with this data. Yeah. So was that um, Java based? Yes. Yes. It was. Yeah. Um, you had the option to do it in Python and spend seven hours porting it over to Java. What? He said at the beginning that he knows a lot of people here know Python really well. Uh, if it makes you feel more comfortable, you can code in Python and try to port it over to Java. I don't recommend it, though. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not okay with that, because I think being able to actually pseudocode, regardless of what language you're using, and just write it out pencil and paper if statements is important and being able to turn that into whichever language you're using for the particular time is a a skill you need to have i agree but it is the the in the syllabus it's programming it's programming two and then in the description java 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 so while it is important to to learn how to pseudocode it is definitely not the point of the class Mm mm-hmm did you, were you expected to know at the beginning about classes and kind of understand that object-oriented hiding principles and that kind of thing? To some degree, but not very much, no. Okay, because that's definitely my data structures and algorithms class really drilled down on that hiding principles. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was how to use it and stuff, and there was like, here's something in the main method, which is it calling, is it calling the child or the parents, um... Run and hide method. I don't. Mm-hmm. Latin was definitely my hardest class. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. I I can't really pick an easiest class. My my most fun class was my English history class. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Are the notes for that still available online? I'm going to take them down because they're bad. <laughs> okay. I, I um I started off putting them online and I started the semester taking notes on my laptop. Uh-huh. Then I switched to paper. Yeah. And then I switched back to laptop. So in the paper area, which was two-thirds of the class, mm-hmm. right in the middle, <laughs> um, that's not online, because I didn't want to transcribe it transcribe all. And then I didn't do it for the second part of the laptop notes either, mm-hmm. just because, yeah. why not? Why would I? I didn't, haven't done it so far this year. How did studying for finals go? I know that you probably didn't have... S- as much experience as maybe everyone else at studying? Yeah, um, I did alright. I studied the wrong stuff, mm. um, but that was just a gamble on my part, and I gambled wrong. Yeah. I had to budget my time. How I had to figure, like, how much can I... Stu- how much time do I have to study? Which is, the, which is the stuff I don't know? Okay, this is still too much to fit into my time slot. Mm. Which part of it is probably going to be on the test? Yeah. And I was wrong. <laughs> but I think I still did all right. Yeah. Did you have any um, noteworthy finals? Um, I gotta get through and think. My physics exam was almost exactly my... The past three exams just copy and pasted particular questions. Okay. So that was nice. I could vaguely remember what the question was and what the answer was. Um, besides that, not really. I had a... A big, that uh, group coding project um, was due the day before the exam for that class. And the exam went fine, but that group coding project was, that was a mess. (laughs) 
It sounds like it. Yeah. I, I had something exciting. I had learned something and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. I do not remember it. This is what happens when you don't have show notes, kids. Do show notes. Also, don't do finals. <laughs> yeah. Do your finals, but uh, don't expect things to get done while you're doing your finals, maybe. I would agree with that. I, I, I'm just so disorganized between finals and moving back home. It's just been so mm-hmm. hectic and I'm going on sabbatical tomorrow. Yeah. And so there's pre- preparations for that, too. And it's just, uh, yeah. Yesterday was the first day in probably two months that I actually got my to-do list down to zero. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any ideas about how to how to make next semester better? Um, I was kind of saving that for the yearly headings okay. section, but um, yes. Yes. I do. Yes, you do. Well, do you want to tell us about them right now in our big 2018 yearly headings? Okay. My yearly heading this year, and hopefully I don't regret this, I have thought about it for... About a half hour, and I'm going to try to apply it for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem I ran into as well, as I didn't give myself enough time to consider it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my year is going to be the year of effort. Okay. Um, I was looking back on my year, and I kept having the feeling like, you know, if I just tried a little harder, that would have gone better. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I don't try hard frequently, but I don't think I try hard enough. I don't go as far as I need to when okay. I do stuff like that. So, uh, for example, uh, the Latin final is one of the ones I need to budget my time for. Um, if I had put in the effort early mm-hmm. and learned more vocabulary as it was popping up, yeah, then it wouldn't be such a pain in the butt later. So, I'm going to not. I'm definitely not going to say that. That's too much work isn't isn't an excuse, but I'm going to raise the bar for what is and isn't too much work to do. Okay. Do you have an idea of what that'll look like in maybe something that happened last semester that will look differently in this year of trying harder is not the word you used. Year of effort. Effort. Because that's something that I, I was also struggling with, with the limited amount of time, is figuring out what whatever label I slap on the year what that will look like <laughs> yeah all right do, do you have yours yeah right? if you want to if you want to work yours out yeah sure <laughs> so I've got three in this document right here we're gonna live and in person make the decision or are you gonna say them all or are we gonna discuss them and decide which one do you want to discuss them that feels kind of cheaty it I does. think that I think the I agreement think... was to figure it out and just declare on the podcast so I'm gonna declare okay that it's the explained year. The explained year. Explained okay. year. What that, does that entail? So last semester and last year, I found myself a lot of times spacing out on a thing or just kind of doing something because, I don't know, there wasn't a particular reason for it. And I think I want to work on um, making sure that I can stop and analyze whatever task I'm doing for a second and figure out which, you know, which goal this is eventually driving me towards. Okay. If I'm making food, it's the goal of staying alive if i'm watching youtube it's the goal of staying sane or whatever or sure i should actually be doing something else towards one of those broader goals that makes sense so um no i like that i like Mm -hmm. that um so tied into that i think i've talked before about an impossible list 
And so I think I'm going to have to revisit that sometime over this winter break. Would you like to remind us? Uh, an impossible list is just some big list. Um, there's like one shining example by the guy who created it. Um, but effectively, it's just a list of things that you want to get done. If, bucket list, maybe, okay. is, a, is a close relative. But I guess the difference is that you're constantly working towards the thing, or at least that's the goal. Okay. Whereas the bucket list is just, one day I'm going to go to Spain, and then... Sure. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, the impossible list, is it more for, can I work towards going to Spain, or is it for your projects? And you can you could work for towards going to Spain, but generally I don't know if going to Spain would be something that you would put on the impossible list, because it's kind of a one-and-done check-off thing. Okay. I think the one that they've got is go to every continent. Oh, right. So it's yeah. more spread out perhaps um but another one is just graduate college could be an impossible list item yeah that's definitely something to work work towards yeah um but i'm also not entirely sure i think i might need to get something like that water tracker app that pops up and says hey the thing you're doing right now why are you doing it what is this going towards and i think i need to find a way to do that without it getting annoying let me offer you something then okay Time tracking. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different in that you aren't being reminded to think about it, mm -hmm. but if you start a time tracker whenever you do something, yeah, watch YouTube or work on homework or something, um, that can serve as your reminder to think about why am I doing this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the year of effort. Uh-huh. The thing I was thinking about in my brain when I was... The thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about the year of effort is the water tracker. Because there are... I have a list of things that need to be done on it. Mm -hmm. Apple Watch app. Uh, better notifications. Mm -hmm. Ones that you can say, yeah, I drank some water. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't remember if I told you, but if I had got the iPhone X, um, I wouldn't have told you until... I downloaded your app oh, and yeah. then left a one-star review and said, terrible, doesn't have iPhone X support. It definitely does not have <laughs> iPhone X support, even though it's really something I should have done by now. It's really not that hard. I just need to fix some boxes, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of ridiculous for me not to have. Mm -hmm. So that, that's I, I just need to put the effort in and do it. Yeah. It, it's been a lazy thing. It's not been, like, a too busy thing. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the year of effort is... Not my. It's not really an impossible list, but it's my equivalent, which is just things that don't have a due date in my OmniFocus. Yeah. Looking at that when I am not doing something with a higher priority. Okay. And doing the things with higher priority better. Not yeah. like in calculus. I knew how... Once I learned how to do the problems, mm -hmm. I sometimes... Now, don't tell anyone this, listeners, but I would just type it into a calculator, into the online group okay, of calculators, yeah. you know? Because I, I know how to do it, so I can just use a calculator now, because mm -hmm. the point of the homework is to get you to learn how to do it. But that was the reasoning in my head, but it's not. It's to get you to practice it and be better at it. Because there are different little edge cases that pop up on problem 18, Yeah, where you need to integrate a square root instead of a squared or something, and it's just a little that Ooh. much different that it's hard to... And yeah, that'll, that kind of stuff is what trips you up on the test. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the year of effort, too, is just going, 
farther, uh, not the extra mile, just getting to the finish line without assistance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then go the extra mile and do the extra practice problems and be, just put effort in because really it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. Just to do a little bit more than you were doing before. Come on, past Steven. (laughs) Is that guy even trying? Yeah. So, how did you arrive on that? Was there some big process or... Because that's something that I... There's not really a a how-to guide on picking a... My... I really wanted to do more hobbies this year. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was going to be the year of hobbies. Yeah. But then I thought, well, what's stopping me from doing my hobbies now? Like, what is the... What's the thought process that makes me do hobbies versus not do hobbies? And... It was that, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, and I can't really put into words, but it was coming down to effort every time, mm-hmm. where I just didn't really want to that time. And not that, and I did want to do the hobbies, like I had this idea for a short story, right? Yeah. And I wrote, wrote it down my OmniFocus, and I wrote down the, the premise in the notes, mm-hmm. and it's still sitting there, like, and, I, and there have been plenty of opportunities where I sat down and did nothing over doing that, not because I wanted to do nothing, and not because I didn't want to write the short short story, but doing something is more work than doing nothing. Yeah. And I didn't want to put the effort in, regardless Mm -hmm. of how much fun it would be to write a short story. So is doing nothing for you literally just sitting and staring at a wall, or...? Sometimes. It's not meditative. Don't yeah. d- it, don't confuse it for that. It's not anything healthy. Uh-huh. It, it's just... It, most of the time it's at my desk, or it'll be on my phone. I'll look through Reddit too much. Yeah. Um, past the point of, like, trying to entertain myself with Reddit, mm-hmm. it's more about... I'm just... What's the... I'm, you know when you have a tube of toothpaste? Reddit is like a tube of toothpaste, and... The bulk of it comes out super easily. That's entertainment. Yeah. To the, the toothpaste is the entertainment. And then you get to the bottom, and you're just scraping it out, trying mm-hmm. to... Because you don't want to have to go to the store and entertain yourself in another way. Or, yeah, actually do something that requires more thought than thumb movement. Yeah. And that's how Reddit is for me. Sometimes I'll rewatch the GIFs that I <laughs> looked at the, at, at the beginning. Like, that doesn't... That, the metaphor kind of falls apart, because I would not reuse my toothpaste. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay, but but you're saying it's as disgusting as <laughs> if you did reuse your toothpaste. No, it's not. To go rewatch it's, the gifts. I gifts. Do, do not think that's true. So yeah, that's and and again, it's not like I am too tired to do it. It's just I don't want to. Yeah. So that's where the year of effort came from. How did the uh, I forgot what explained? It, it's not. It's not in the year of format. So yeah. It, uh, the explained year come about. Uh, so the explained year, I don't know. It, it was. It started. I just looked. I started journaling uh, almost exactly a year ago now. So I looked through every journal entry uh, and just looked at things that I had noted and that month by month I was still noting and saying, "This is still a problem. I need to work on that." This is a problem. I need to work on that. Okay. Two months later, this is a problem. I need to. Um, so that was one thing. Let's see what the note is that comes before it. Okay, there's no explanation there. But just looking through the things that I kind of made small resolutions to do in my journal but never actually followed through on, a lot of it was that I'd felt bad about the way that I was 
playing too many video games or whatever. And really, it's not bad to play for a little bit or to watch some videos. It's right. bad to feel bad about it because I could have had been doing something else. The worst part wasn't that I was actually doing the things. It was feeling bad because it was unjustified, perhaps. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Be- yeah, because you don't want to... You want to be able to say, I'm playing this video game because I've been working on finals for three hours. Yeah. And I'm taking a 15-minute break or whatever. Mm-hmm. 15-minute breaks. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the idea that came with it, or that it came from. Uh, did you look back at your journals or whatever? Um, no, I should admit something, Zach. Okay. And that I stopped journaling. Me too. Uh, I never picked it back up. Um, it was before... It was my move from Evernote to OneNote, which was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I stopped journaling, at least as heavily. I tried mm-hmm. journaling, but that was what killed it, I think. And not the move itself, but the change, even the small change in lifestyle that came with it. Yeah. Um, and then when I switched from OneNote to Scrivener mm-hmm. and Apple Notes, I really stopped. Yeah. Um, so no, I didn't look back on my note, on my journal, because I didn't want to have to open one note again, but... <laughs> Steven. That, if I was going to make a resolution, like a real, like, not just a heading, but a resolution, it will be a journal again. It sounds like you're saying it's just too much work to open yeah. one note back up. Yeah. So that is part of the year of effort, is to <laughs> journal again. Okay. Because it's 10 minutes at night. I can just yep. do it before going to bed. I can do it on my phone. Mm-hmm. In Apple Notes. Like, just, this is what happened today. This is how I feel about it. Done. Yeah. So, yeah. Year of effort. I'm going to start journaling again. Okay. Starting January 1st. <laughs> it's too much work to start now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went through. I It was interesting because the first couple pages of journal were... Uh, I tried to do, like, an accomplishment journal, so I would just list, like, these are the things that I got done today, and here were, like, oh, I didn't get much done because I had a headache, or because Donald Trump got inaugurated and I couldn't focus on anything for a day, or whatever. Um, And very shortly after the semester started and I started talking with people, and there was more in my head than would fit into that format, so Mm -hmm. I just started writing as paragraphs. Is there another way, I mean, besides paragraphs... Is there another format that you would use? I feel like it would be hard to journal effectively in bullets or in, I don't know, uh, what other formats would there be? Yeah. The cor- what Was it Cornell Notes? The, <laughs> like, main idea. Uh, yeah. Subject or body or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I don't think I would use Cornell Notes, but I think that I did use the bullet point stuff pretty effectively. Okay. But it, it didn't really get emotions in there, I suppose. And so the um, the paragraph journaling is much more train of thought. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Can you, do you find it difficult to follow your train of thought while having to type? I don't type it. Or you write it, either way? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of times, especially if I'm like writing a bigger thing, I will write the three or four things that I'm thinking I want to get down in there just at the top, hmm. and then I will start actually writing down, and then I can look back up if I lose where I'm going. Um, but also, usually, journaling I do at a time when I'm not spreading myself too thin over a couple different tasks. So I can just focus on the journal for 10-15 minutes and write stuff down. Another note that I have for my journal that I don't know 
if um, if it's really captured under the heading of the explained year is that a lot of times, not a lot of times, every, all the time this last year, I've had more things in the queue than things I was actually consuming, whether it be podcasts or YouTube videos or articles on Instapaper. Um, so that's something that I'm thinking about. Maybe that'll be wrangled further into the year or sometime next year, but it's, it's another consideration that went into trying to decide what this year's heading would be. Yeah, that, from, that's always been a, a challenge for me as well. Um, I remember when I was more into YouTube than I am now, uh, I had it email me every time I, I subscribed to someone and made a video. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I started with them in my inbox, and the inbox got too full, so I put them in a separate folder, and then that folder just kept filling up and filling up and filling up. I never got around to it because the rate at which you know 15 people can make youtube videos is faster than what i can watch mm-hmm. and still go about my life yeah and so i started having to be okay with missing out on some of the things they made mm-hmm. which turned out to be like at the time it was rubik's cube videos mostly yeah so so you just didn't know about the newest mega minx and yeah exactly and that's a hobby that i all but dropped. I can still very quickly solve a Rubik's Cube, but mm-hmm. I'm not nearly as into it as I was. Yeah. It's just kind of a, a skill from a past Steven, almost. Yeah. does feel like a different person sometimes. Mm-hmm. I should probably do something like that. I, I still do have the emails coming in. Really? But I handle them by uh, putting them all in the Watch Later playlist. Did you ever set up a script to do that? No. No, I did not. So, uh... Okay, that... That's because Google uses some sort of weird, janky version of OAuth that isn't quite, like, up-to-spec OAuth, and I was having a hard time, and then something else came up, and I wasn't super committed to it, because Zapier costs money. That's fine. I, I just... It sounds like a lot of time... Lots of little times mm-hmm. that add up to... Some amount of time. Yeah. I think one one solution to it that I've been thinking about is uh, making my own YouTube client that only lets me pull videos from Watch Later so I don't get sucked down like the, hey, here's a fun yeah. Stephen Colbert Clips video. <laughs> here's another Stephen Colbert Clips video. And now it's half an hour later. Oh, no. Um, and so I think an important part of that is having a way to forward... Uh, like if there's a video I get with a YouTube or an email I get with a YouTube link that I can forward it to some service and it will just auto add it to my watch later, mm-hmm. which would take work. It would take effort to set it up, but then I feel like I would have more time that wasn't getting eaten by clips videos. I uh, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, cause I'm curious. Yeah. Um, what are some hobbies that you've dropped? I know I used to geocache. Really? That was, okay. yeah. So that's, uh... I knew you had geocache. I didn't know that you were... It was, it was like, a hobby to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was definitely a geocacher, I, I would say. Uh, I, that's actually the one of the first podcasts I listened to, was podcasts about geocaching. That's that is very, uh... Hipster isn't the right word. Mid-2000s internet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. 
So I def I did geocache, um, and that was a pretty big part of my life. I went to like geocaching events and stuff. Oh, uh, for those of you who don't know, geocaching, um, one person will hide a container of some sort with it can be like as big as a ammo box for the military. It can be as small as like a fake bolt. Oh, for I had a couple of those. I probably still have them. I the smallest I ever found was a film canister. Hmm. Um. And then they get pretty creative with how they hide them because you want them to be in places that people go, but you also don't want them to be easily found by people who aren't looking for them uh, and destroyed. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So uh, I, d- I did geocache. I got like a $400 GPS for the sake of geocaching. Uh, I got hurt. One of my scars is from geocaching because I was trying to use my GPS and my bicycle at the same time and I hit a pothole and I fell over and got a huge gash down my leg from the uh, gear of the bike. (laughs) This is the one that's probably been the most influential in my life. Okay. Um, How so influential besides uh, uh, scars? Yeah, I suppose mostly with the, the scars as far as... Did it lead to another interest? Um, I feel like it probably opened up generally, kind of understanding computers a little better, that kind of thing. But that was a a whole combination of different things, of video games and... Yeah. All right. Uh, I mentioned Rubik's Cubes. I was really into puzzle cubes of all sorts. I had, um... Uh, uh, oh man, I, w- I probably still have a few pictures, but it was mostly purged. Uh, I have a picture. Uh, which picture? No, oh god. Um, Whatever this is, it's not going in the show notes. Don't even try, listeners. It's going in the show notes. Oh no. I don't remember what I called it. I think it was Small Steven Big Cube. Okay, so it's not in Google Drive. Might not be in my files. Dang. Might have lost it. Oh darn. Uh... I know where else to find it. You do know where else to find it? Yeah. Oh. I hope it wasn't on your old MacBook. No, that would be... Yeah, so unfortunate. Um, Let me save image as before I show Stephen where I found it. And... Oh, is it somewhere public? Google Plus, God. (laughs) Google friggin' Plus. Time to delete that account. You can't. It's your Google account. I can purge it. I can get rid of everything on it. That's basically the same. Okay, listeners, if you go on Twitter, this will be on my Twitter account, uh, but Stephen uh, will probably stop it from being uh, linked in the show notes. Or... You could ask for a takedown notice or something. It could be a Patreon reward. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> this will be uh, a, for the dollar supporting Patreon listeners. <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right. All right, all the posts are deleted. We're done. No okay. Google Plus. <laughs> Google Plus. Oh, my God. And that will ultimately be your downfall. Google products. But most of the other ones, like, in seventh grade, I did vlogs. You cannot find them anywhere. I have made sure of this. But <laughs> but I'm still doing that in my own way now. Mm-hmm. It's just morphed. It's, it's definitely been made better. It, I, I did watch them at some point. I watched a few of them. There were a lot. There were a lot of vlogs. Yeah. Speaking so. of things from the past uh, that Steven used to be interested in, mm-hmm. um, definitely billionaire, entrepreneur, tech man, uh, Tony Stark, 
He's got to be one of yep. young Steven's idols. Definitely. Um, and that's why Iron Man 3 was such a disappointment. <laughs> okay, so by request, we're going to do a review of Iron Man 3. Okay. Which came out, oh my god, when, even 2011, maybe? I might have watched Iron Man 3, but I was definitely either sick or recovering from a surgery when I did. It was 2013, so... I don't think I watched it when it came out. Um, anyway. If you're concerned about Iron Man 3 spoilers, plug your ears. I mean, I'm not super worried. It was, uh, four and a half years ago? Three and a half? Yeah. How, how do dates work? Yeah, uh, four and a half years ago. Um... So, I don't like this movie. Okay. My main issue is that I really wanted to empathize with Tony Stark. Would you mind giving me a really quick plot synopsis because I've forgotten most everything except the music? <laughs> because the music is part of my, like, focusing soundtrack playlist. Okay, okay. Uh, it's another thing. Uh, there's no ACDC in this movie. In an Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Which I don't like. Um, I guess, basically, Tony Stark is... He he says something on TV that uh, made a supervillain mad, the Mandarin. Okay. And the Mandarin blows up his house, and his Iron Man suit wasn't working super good. Mm-hmm. And he had to team up with this kid and fight the Mandarin without an Iron Man suit until the end, the final battle, where there were all the Iron Man suits. Yep. Yeah, I remember that much. And then Pepper Potts is a weird alien thing that can regrow limbs and such. I don't remember that part. And I'm not sure if she still is. <laughs> I don't remember if she was got changed back or not. Okay. Um, anyway, Tony Stark is a jerk the entire movie. Until, yeah. like, the very end when he blows up all the Iron Man suits. Isn't that usually his character? Yes, but in the other movies... He, he's a jerk, but he's not, he's still doing good things. Like, he's helping people with the Iron Man suit, mm-hmm. but he's being a jerk to Congress because they want to take his Iron Man suit away. Okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. This time, he, like, there's this kid, and he's just a mean to the kid for no reason other than that it's his character, and mm-hmm. you want to, like, he's the main character, and he's the protagonist, and you want to empathize and like him, but you can't because he's mean to everyone. Yeah. Um, and it's like, again, until the very end, it's supposed to be like him growing, but it's just like mean, nice. Yeah. And not even nice. It's just, here's a display of affection. Here, I'm going to put fireworks in my Iron Man suits. I, I remember being really disappointed at the end, not because like, oh, well, that was an unfulfilling. I think part of it was that was an unfulfilling character growth, mm-hmm. but also that I liked all the Iron Man suits. Why you got to blow them up? Yeah. I, I thought that was weird too. Like, uh, the reason he did it was because uh, he was having relationship problems with Pepper because he was spending too much time working on the suits, but the suits weren't the problem. No. It was uh, Tony Stark not being able to commit to things and having panic attacks and stuff like that. The suits were not the problem, and blowing them up was just destroying millions of dollars that you put into these suits. Yeah. There's also a lot of... uh, Deus Ex Machina kind of things, like, and then Pepper saves the day, and then the kid does a thing, mm-hmm. and then this happens, and it's all fine because this random event happened. Yeah. That they couldn't, like, 
just statistically does not mm-hmm. happen. Um, the villain has stupid motivations. Is it just that he's angry at Iron Man for saying something? Uh, okay, well, back in the year 2000, I'm pretty sure, there was yeah. a New Year's party. Okay. And Tony Stark was a jerk to the character back then when he, like, looked nerdy and... The, the Mandarin. The Mandarin. And the Mandarin was still kind of mad about that. Mm-hmm. But certainly antagonizing him on public television didn't help. Okay. Also, I think he, like, had a business idea, and the government didn't want it because it was dangerous. I don't really... Again, it's, <laughs> they're just dumb motivations. And he has these powers, like, he regrows limbs, and he shoots fire, and, like, he can melt things with his hands. And he, he sh- at some point, he breathes fire out of his mouth and mm-hmm. just destroys a metal staircase. Mm-hmm. That was the last time he used that power. <laughs> Even in the final battle, like, it's supposed to be the most epic parts, right? Yeah. But he doesn't use his, like, fire-breathing thing, because yeah. I'm guessing effects cost too much. <laughs> uh, the humor in the first Iron Man movie was Tony making quippy one-liners and having bad guys die in ironic ways. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a certain style, but it's, it's definitely it's not a comedy, so it's not a big deal. It's very early Marvel too, for sure. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, Iron Man three, the humor is just Tony being in pain in surprising ways. I think. Okay. It, it's it's not funny. Is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. Not, there are there's one funny part. I think when I'm not sure. Do you remember Kevin? The guy who thought everyone thought was the Mandarin, but was really just the talking head. No, it, d- yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, all that, that much. But like they're interrogating him, and like uh, Rhodey, Iron Man's friend, mm-hmm. uh, puts a hot gun on his ear, and, he's, and that's all the like torture, quote unquote, he needs <laughs> to like, spill everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's that part's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it's just. I understand that you're trying to be funny, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And a few more, one more note, I think. Um, the second Iron Man movie was all about Tony, his like glowing electromagnet in his chest, mm-hmm. and how it's like killing him, and he needs to figure out another source of energy for it besides like plutonium or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and at the end of this movie, he just has it surgically removed, and everything's fine. Yeah, that's the other part that I was really angry about. I remember that. Because, like, they took the shrapnel out, and they took the magnet out, and he just chucks it in the ocean. Yep. But the whole second movie is him, like, almost dying because he couldn't get the thing removed. Yeah. Does this... Do these... Do the Iron Man 1 through 3 officially fit in with the Avengers and the Thanos and all of the... I think so. Like, it's supposed to be the first in the Avenger movies Mm -hmm. of the characters, I think... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, is that what they're calling it? Yeah, I think so. I think Iron Man was the first in the effort to make something like that. But Iron Man 3 was a disaster and shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. Because then he has a bunch of suits in Avengers yeah. 1 or whatever, right? And the other thing is that the the Mark 41 or whatever, the suit he's working on that comes to him in pieces... I used to know. I used to know all of them. There was the uh, the Hulkbuster, I think, is the only one I know now. There's yeah. also one of them that was built to fight the Transformers. <laughs> That's the only other one that I remember. And one <laughs> of them that went about. underwater. <laughs> anyway, the, the one that he was working on in the film that, like, never worked, mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to, like, he injects himself with, like, trackers so that the suit comes to him and, like, but it comes in pieces. Yeah. 
But at the end, in the final battle, where he has all the Iron Man suits, he can just get into any of them, right? He can just hop in, he can just yeah, spread, spread eagle, eagle in, into the next one. Yeah. So he made a suit that specifically, specifically came to him in pieces. Yeah. Why? Uh, modularity. It's the way of the future. So if one, if your right booster goes, you've got three more right boosters that can come and replace it. Okay, that actually makes sense. That's the best explanation I've come up with so far. Okay, I've, I've heard of. Because if he just wants more parts, he doesn't want a whole new suit. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Did he use it in the final battle? I don't remember. He, yeah, he did. It, it came to him. All in one piece, by the way. <laughs> it came to him all in one piece, hit something on its landing, and broke apart, and it was supposed to be funny. Okay. It wasn't. Alright. So I don't like this movie. Um, thank you for the to the listener that recommended that we review it. <laughs> um, not really sure why, but th- this is the review. Okay. <laughs> um... You'll notice that I'm reviewing this four years later, and I still have this strong of feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was I, so disappointed by it. I have strong memories of it not being good. <laughs> out of out of five or out of ten, what would you give it? Out of ten, I'll give it a three because there were genuinely entertaining seconds, uh-huh. and I think that the I, I like the characters. They're good. Tony Stark is still my favorite Avenger, mm-hmm. just because he's he just does the thing that I feel like a person in a situation would do, mm-hmm. which is I'm I'm a rich guy who fights crime. I, I don't think Bruce Wayne is a very good representation of that. I I wouldn't think him to be very brooding. Mm-hmm. I would think him to be fun loving, and regardless of his. You know, whatever. And there are reasons that Batman is brooding, but it's just... Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of a fun and uh, condescending mm-hmm. guy being Tony Stark. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to our book club? Yeah. I was trying to think of a transition, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, do you ever do anything on the moon? I don't... Not... I didn't read the comics, but... Space suit. There's got to be a Iron Man space suit. I'm going to look that up now. Yep, the Mark 39. <laughs> of course. That one didn't make an appearance. No. It looks cool, though. It's a good-looking suit. Okay. Let me look it up. So I lied. There's one other Iron Man suit that I did remember. It was the Mark 39, the suborbital suit, uh, which was designed for off-Earth missions. Um... Oh, they did They did talk about it. It must have been in the Iron Man 3 because Jarvis, a second screen experience, explained it. Really? Uh, for Iron Man 3. I missed it. So, I... I guess... So anyway, I went to space. Um, and you, you know what else is in space? The moon. That's right. We are launching into our book club. We are reading Artemis up to chapter 11. If you haven't gotten there yet, pause, read it, and come back. Uh, if you just uh, have entirely given up on the concept of books and are not going to be joining us for our book club, uh, you can find our podcast on any of your RSS feeds that, that are available, uh, any podcatchers, anything that is built to listen to audio, really. Um, we'll be here in a fortnight. You can find me on Twitter or nah. That, that was too stumbling to even include Twitter. I, we don't deserve Twitter.
So we ended in a hell of a place. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking we'd start at the beginning, but well, starting at the end is fine, too. Yeah, no. <laughs> who, who needs the beginning if you've got the end? That's... <laughs> okay. So, the beginning. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Um, my first note is about uh, the dome that is covered in grass. Real, honest-to-God grass. Covered in grass? All covered in grass. Real, honest-to-God grass. I must have misheard that. What did the you think? dome was no the ground. The ground. Okay, yeah. The dome. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. My note was that it was just so impractical to get grass in the on the moon. Yeah. So they. I mean, Artemis. Like, it feels like a very practical kind of city. Uh huh. And this is just way too much for the tourists. It's too much. I think it's too much for like the rest of the city. Is like we're going to put you in coffins while you sleep. Yeah. Except for this dome, we're going to put grass in it. I think, though, that the tourism is their main, like, one of the top two industries, at least. I understand, but it's just, you have to maintain it, and you have to, like, get soil as well. Because I don't think grass goes on, grows on moon rock. Yeah. It's just impractical, and it, I would not do it if I was running Artemis. Yeah. Unless I was going to make very large changes. I would put grass everywhere, mm. but I wouldn't have people be sleeping in coffins and such. Okay. You would make it all luxury? Yeah. That's what this sounds like. And it, it, it always bugged me, like, um, the notion that Artemis is, like, luxury over here and slums over here. Why? Because I think a city on the moon... While I understand why there are slums and, like, you need a workforce, mm -hmm. I don't think you need a workforce. I think that if you have a city on the moon, like a real city, then it's either going to be all middle class or all luxury. Because if you can put enough supplies for a city on the moon, then you can bring more supplies to maintain the city on the, on the moon. Okay. And you don't need, like, a slums. Or either that or it's middle class because... You higher middle class even mm -hmm. for the same reason. It's just because some, the, a few think... a few people live there, but they live like like uh Los, like Los Angeles, right? Uh -huh. It's like one meter is like an acre in Texas. It's something ridiculous like yeah. that, and that's what it would be like on the moon. Okay, I I don't know. I, I guess it makes sense to me at least that there would be. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't. No, it, it makes sense, but it, it it makes more sense to me to not have that. Mm -hmm. But for the story's sake, sure. Well, yeah. So fine, grass, whatever. Do you have a note? Um, no, I just I starting five. I needed to jump back a little bit in four, and I realized that um that contact on Earth, along with all the other purposes he serves, he also kind of serves to say that society isn't totally weird in the next. 90 years, it's basically the same. Jazz is just the exception. Okay. Um, but he's still down there. He still needs to support his family. And <laughs> so things are similar. It's just she's on the moon and an outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, it's funny. It's just, it's just a funny sentence. <laughs> um, the next one is uh, when the security guy at the park... Um, says that there's no smoking, mm -hmm. and she's like, why Why do you think I'm smoking? <laughs> there's no cigarettes anywhere. And he says, I caught you once before, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And my note is, how does this dude recognize a 26-year-old after seeing her once when she was 16? 
Yeah. There are not very many people I would recognize at 26 from 16. No. Especially yeah, from only meeting them once. Just really... And just yelling at them, not like... Yeah. Not like having an in-depth conversation. It's like... <laughs> hey, you get off my lawn. Yeah. The best reason I've heard to live on the moon so far is that the gravity is easier on your arthritis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is... That's good. I think they might have mentioned it in the beginning, that it was mm. people with... Like, there were medical issues. Or, uh, Tron's daughter mm-hmm. was up yeah. because... I remember that. But yeah, that's a really good reason to live on the moon. Yeah. Besides, like, wouldn't it be cool <laughs> to live in an environment that we're not meant to live on? Just saying. The Arctic Circle. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of Canada. You're not supposed to be there. <laughs> Australia, things are trying to kill you for a reason. <laughs> um, she she says something, like, to the guy with arthritis, um, cutting the grass, like, that's a lot of travel for... Mm-hmm. For a grass-cutting job. And he said, I used to travel a lot for work. Which is not comparable. Mm-hmm. This isn't commute... He's not... First of all, he's not commuting to the moon every day. He's living on the moon. Yeah. The second thing is, even if he was, I traveled a lot for work. <laughs> it's to the moon. That's like, what? <laughs> a, how many hour journey minimum? <laughs> like, how long does it take just for light to get there? Yeah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look now. I think it's like 15 seconds. So it's 240 million miles. Distance to moon divided by the speed of light. Wait, didn't they communicate? Don't they communicate with communicate to the Earth with light? Yeah. And it takes four minutes to go there and back. Seconds. Seconds. Same thing. Seconds, really? Yeah, it would be seconds. So still, like. It, they're not going at light speed. I don't know why I used light, but... Yeah. <laughs> My point is, it's not... A, mm. Like, I used to travel a lot for work is not a good excuse to live on the moon. Maybe it's an alibi. Maybe he's actually going to be a really important character later on, and all of the bits of him that don't make sense are because he's a spy. For whom? The government. Of and so, so, that's, or... so that's why he remembers her, is because... Oh, yeah, secret... Uh... What was it? Uh, uh, he's a Kenyan intelligence a- intelligence agency, the KIA. I'm guessing that's not their name, but yeah, it's the KIA. He's <laughs> a KIA agent. Yeah, and so he they, these were just off the top of his head. He was like, "Oh man, I I I just remember faces really well. You were smoking here once, but actually, like that's his target." Oh, I see. So yeah. he, it's not even like a memory trick. It's like a he, he's watching jazz. Mm-hmm. And the best place to do that is in the luxury part of <laughs> Artemis while cutting the grass. He's got to have a good alibi, and you don't want to put your spies up somewhere terrible. I would venture that you can put a spy wherever you want, and they'll be cool with it. <laughs> yeah, more probably. or less. Because it's kind of their job. Uh, next note is... The line, cool, I don't have many of those. You're my only friend with boobs. And I'm yeah. just, and I'm like, what are you doing, Andy Weir? This is not dialogue. Or necessary, even. No. Yeah. It feels like he, like, had a boob quota. And needed to, like... <laughs> can't write space, can't write sci-fi if you don't talk about boobs at least three times per book. Because well, then she also was talking about boobs on the moon. Yeah, she was. So, I... 
I don't understand why this is included. I think Andy Weir just always writes like this, and he got away with it uh, in The Martian because <laughs> there was only one character and he didn't have boobs. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so this one is more uh, for a discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the line is, my little caper wasn't theoretical anymore. I was actually going to do this. And I was wondering if you know the feeling of a plan just about to be executed. Not that I can think of, no. I guess the closest would be theater. That's a lot of pieces coming together. Okay. To, like, a lot of work over a lot of time to get this thing to pull off as perfectly as you can get it to go. I'd say it's a pretty good... I, I can't think of a plan, but I definitely know the feeling she's talking about here. Mm-hmm. The, it's not quite like butterflies in your stomach. It's more like, it's like that, but different. I don't really know how to say it. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm still in chapter five. I wrote a lot in chapter five. Wow. Wait, this can't all be. Oh my gosh, that is. Okay. (laughs) I listened to this all over the course of like four hours just before we started recording, so I don't have quite as many notes. Okay. Um... There's a part I'm confused about. Maybe you can help me understand it. Um, It's not dangerous to do a solo EVA in and of itself. EVA masters do it all. EVA masters do it all the time. But I was doing an EVA in secret. But my my thought was it takes so long to get help Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't really matter if you're doing it in secret. It's still just as dangerous. Like you're out of air before anyone gets to you. Yeah, there might be kind of like a. 127 hours kind of situation where you get stuck. Okay. So I'd say slightly more dangerous. Yeah. I don't think it's that much dangerous. That mm-hmm. much more dangerous, though. Mm-hmm. Um, next is she's talking about her suit and how it works to get CO2 out of the air. Uh, I didn't quite hear that. I... Um, modern suits use uh, modern suits sort the CO2 molecules out through some complicated use of membranes and the vacuum outside. Translated, magic converts the CO2 back into oxygen with electricity and vacuums. No, it doesn't convert it back into oxygen. It sorts it out, but yeah. that It just means it kicks out the CO2 so you can fill the, uh, the, the suit with more oxygen you have stored. Magic. Yeah. It's... No, it's possible. Yeah. But part... My, my problem is that... This is true of the next note, too. I'm just going to read that and uh-huh. do, talk about them as one. Yeah. Uh, we dump our heat via infrared light emitted into space. I want to know how this works. Because mm-hmm. one of the best parts of sci-fi, for me at least, is getting to find out the clever solutions that the writers come up with for these types of problems. Yeah. And we've gotten basically none of that. Like, they made a dome in the moon. Mm-hmm. And... They put rungs on the outside of it so that it's easy to grab onto in EVA suits. But I think that the character of Jazz Bashara isn't isn't there to understand the science of how EVA suits work. But you do get to see her plan and execute this big thing to destroy the yeah. I, I yeah. She doesn't have sense. she doesn't have as broad of knowledge as like Mark Watney in The Martian. Um, I just, I found that in other sci-fi books, they find a way to, to tell you the, their clever solution. Yeah, but I, I... I just want to know how it works, Zach. I want to have these fun little ideas, and... Yeah. And I think that Andy Weir wants to tell a cool story in space, and if it's relevant to the story how the space thing works... Okay. Then it's relevant, and it's explained enough that you know the rules to break. <laughs> okay, fair. Um... 
Then Jazz mentions Jazz mentions. <laughs> then Jazz mentions an old pneumatic tube system from the 1950s, which she has definitely never seen before, or probably even heard of. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a lot of those kind of. Oh, this is centuries old technology. This is thousand year old technology. Why wouldn't it work? So that was. This is pretty common, especially in that fifth chapter when she was trying to execute on all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything exactly to pull out of it, but... It, it's true that mechanical things, like, when they break, they're easier to fix. Mm-hmm. And that's good on the moon, because if you can fix it, then you don't have to import new parts and stuff and whatever. Um, she waited for four hours in the EVA suit for the harvester. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, what would you do if you had to wait for four hours in an EVA suit? Oh, that's not a thing I had considered. Because, okay, so obviously no phones, because yeah. you, you have yep. gloves. Um, you can't run around. You can't do, like, an activity because you're wasting oxygen, mm-hmm. right? So what she did was, like, sort rocks and tools. Yeah. So what, what do you think you would do? meditate? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't think she could sleep either, because she had to, like, watch for the harvester. Bring a Sudoku puzzle and just retreat my arms up in and do the Sudoku puzzle in my (laughs) helmet bubble. Yeah. I was thinking, like, how... I was wondering if I could even get my arms inside my um, helmet bubble. (laughs) I was wondering if that's a thing that could happen... I don't know what I would do. I'd probably mm-hmm. do something similar to Jazz, which is find rocks and sort them. Mm-hmm. Okay, next part is when her plan starts going haywire. When the tanks explode. Yeah. They got Deus Ex machina away. Yeah. Which was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Which is much more acceptable to me, as far as Deus Ex Machinas go. Uh-huh. Um, so, she has eight hours of breathable air. Was this still doable? It was the question she asked. Mm-hmm. And for me, at least, especially when doing something dangerous, when part of the plan fails, you stop and try another time. If you change the plan to continue the plan, that plan is not a plan. It's improvising with an outline. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. You need to take just as long to make a new plan and make sure that there are no flaws. Because there were. Uh Uh-huh. So... I understand, like, why she didn't, mm. but her, she did pretend, like, this is fine. I planned for this. I, yeah, she didn't, though. She just, she tried to make up an excuse to keep doing this, which is not what you should do when you're doing a dangerous thing. Yeah. If something goes wrong, you stop doing that, try again another time when you have the thing fixed that went wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that... Then there's the two jumper cables on a thick gauge wire, which led to a high voltage relay switch. The relay was wired to the buzzer on a battery powered alarm clock. Yeah. Was this the thing that she drew up an elegant design for? No. What think, was that? I think the elegant design was the gizmo poker. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I was really like, really? Because that's like three wires. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I think she said that she bought those all at Moon Depot. Mm hmm. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I forgot about the little gizmo poker. Yeah, but the gizmo poker was the thing that she designed. Um, And then one more more for Chapter 5. Space. That's... I'm trying to think of hardware store names, but on the moon. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think space hardware. I think you could do better. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
fleet, but like a spaceship fleet farm. But it's still spelled the same. There's no... So? <laughs> it means a different thing. Um, Moonards. <laughs> Alright, you win. <laughs> you win, that's the best one. Later, she learned what happened. Yeah. And, like, I was wondering, like, who exactly told you told you this? Like, how they figured out that oh, you but were... It, it would have been from Dale. Yeah. Probably. Okay. I didn't know that at the time, though. Yeah. I liked that. It, it reminded me of, um... The last book we read, Baron in the Trees, that they did a similar thing of, and then Cosimo, unbeknownst to us at the time, but oh, I would yeah, later right, find right. out. Yeah. Um, that that could have, she says something about, like, the harvester could have ruptured her suit, mm-hmm. and, like, I was trashing their property, but that's not something to kill someone over. Mm-hmm. And, like, that should have been Jazz's first clue that something was up. <laughs> um... They did try to kill you. Like, it's not just, like, a, hey, stop messing with our harvesters. It's like, we are trying to stop you from breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, then when she forgot to account for the other explosive, the hydrogen fuel cell. Uh-huh. You know, the only source of energy on the harvester. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't even need to screw with the wax. She could just make the battery explode. Yep. Yeah, I... I... Jazz is clearly very smart. Mm-hmm. She did not think this through. <laughs> uh, I have one more for chapter six. Okay. Um, so they didn't... When they were on the moon rover, trying to, like, find her. Yeah. And they eventually just stopped and guarded the airlocks. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't there... Why wasn't this the plan in the first place? Like, why risk people going out when you could just guard the airlocks? Because if they hadn't gone out, they wouldn't have deterred her from... The first goal, I think, was to shoo her off of... The last harvester? The harvesters. Okay. Because all that all that they knew at the time was somebody is destroying our harvesters. Right. Okay, so... Well, then it would make sense for Jazz to go back to the harvester and blow it up. Yes. Yeah, that... <laughs> I, I didn't quite understand. I think she was running low on oxygen was the reason, but they didn't really make that clear. Okay. She sounded like she had extra time, because she did the other harvesters quickly. Yeah. It was like 20 minutes or something stupid, something like that. She mm-hmm. had eight hours of oxygen. But then she had to wait around for them. I <laughs> but, I mean... I agree. Just demolishing the last harvester when she not? saw them come back would have been... It would have been, like, part of her character, I think, because she the whole reason she's doing this is for the million slugs, and if she doesn't do it, she doesn't get the slugs, mm-hmm. and... It's definitely not worth going to prison if she doesn't have the million slugs. Yeah. It's yeah. not worth going to prison regardless for her, but she would much rather go to prison with a million slugs. Mm-hmm. Or get deported. There's no prison on Artemis. Yeah. Um, the, my, my favorite line from chapter six was, by removing the relay, I'd created a new device known as a wire. That's pretty good. Uh, my favorite line so far in the book so is my next note in chapter seven, which is... Uh, she was holding the uh, hib, H-I-B, uh-huh. and uh, R- R- Rudy, yep. right, Rudy? Rudy asked her what he, she was doing with that, and she says, feminine hygiene. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> it was just the funniest thing. I laughed out loud. I laughed so hard. That was a good. Um, you have any more for chapter seven? No. Okay. And so she goes to, um, what's his name? The, the rich guy. Trond. Trond. Um, she goes to Tron's house and she sees blood everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And 
she it says she spun on her heel and stormed back into the hallway saying nope 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 yeah what would you do zach would you say nope 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 or would you feel like you had to at least see what the blood came from or something different i i think i would have tried calling trond because it was not definite signs that it was trond's blood right like maybe but not definitely so i think i would have noped out of there and called trond okay I think I would have... It's hard to put yourself in that situation. Yeah. But um, I think I would have called Rudy, taken a peek, and then noped out. I, I would have seen a foot or something and then gotten out. I would uh-huh. have gone a little bit more past... I would have gone past the blood. Yeah. But I probably would have called into the house too. Tron? <laughs> you alright? <laughs> uh, chapter 8. Yeah. Um, she's in the convenience mart and... Customer's in a hurry? Okay, well then he's in a hurry too. And this is good customer service. I like this. <laughs> gotta, gotta get going. Headphones gotta, in your ears. Gotta. Yep. I have headphones in my ears. I don't feel like having a conversation. Please don't try to start one. I'm in a rush. Or yeah. whatever. I'm probably not in a rush, but I don't, don't want to talk. talk. Um, the news reported on Tron's daughter. Uh, and they said, they said her name... And that she was at, at school during the time. Mm-hmm. And I was... Well, there's not, like, a specific moral thing that I'm worried about. It feels like a little bit of, um... You want to protect it? Yeah, a little, a little bit little too... Than... A little bit more than that. But it's also in the past tense. You're saying she was at school, not... No, I understand that, but... It... Give her a day, you know, a, a week to mourn. Okay, before you start before identifying, you, identifying who it was to the excuse me to the public and who she is to the public. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last one for chapter eight. Mm-hmm. Um, she pulled a screwdriver from her gaudy purse and jimmied the lock. You just kind of wiggle. This haven't you ever played Skyrim, Stephen? You just kind of stick a. A, a thing in any, the lock and any flat metal thing instantly is a lock pick yep <laughs> it's uh, okay that's it maybe moon locks are different maybe gravity doesn't <laughs> <laughs> okay no stop springs work differently in lunar gravity <laughs> they would work slightly differently in uh, a less thick atmosphere they would be more effective, less air resistance. Also, you'd think that if it's a hotel, it wouldn't be a traditional lock. In the future, yeah. Maybe they're just really insecure magnetic readers that can be fooled by screwdrivers. <laughs> Throw a magnet on your screwdriver and... <laughs> oh my gosh, this is... I think the letters, too, at this point, they like started getting closer to the time. So I think at some point the letters might match up. Overpass. Yeah. Letters are going to go Future the letters. Future letters. Um, hey, it all turned out all right. Thanks. Then he shot me. Um, yeah. Uh, they are definitely getting closer. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of time that gets skipped in between letters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what else to say. It's just... It's interesting. It's They might get fairly close. I don't... Maybe uh, Jazz will get deported and they'll just meet up. Mm-hmm. That's my current running theory. Yeah. I think getting deported is a good outcome for Jazz at this point. Yeah. Yeah, of the outcomes. Because currently she's being but being attacked and trying to be killed and not trying to be killed. Um, <laughs> trying not to be killed. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, 
I'm into chapter nine after that. Yep. Um, she like starts to th- think through like what her attacker is going to do when he's lunging at her with a knife, mm-hmm. and she she thinks in her head, according to the book. Okay, he thinks I'm a defenseless uh, person, and he just why waste time? Just go for my throat. So block the throat is what she did. Mm-hmm. And I, my note is that if she had the time to think through that, then she had the time <laughs> to just see where he's going at where the knife is pointed. Yeah, this yeah. is very conscious thought. It's not like a. a an instinct kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, like, you wouldn't think that. You would just think neck. Because that is an important thing that is easily hurt by a knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Something tells me that Andy Weir hasn't been in too many... Knife fights. Combats, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, neither have I, though. Like, I've never been threatened by it with a knife. Okay, yeah. I can just intuit that I will not have... If someone's lunging at me with a knife, I will not have time to think about whether or not... They're going to go for which body part they're going to lunge towards. I can, uh-huh. and if I do have that much time, then I don't need to think about that. I can just look at where they're headed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, Stephen. I've also never been in a knife fight. <laughs> okay, listeners, if you ever been, if you ever been in a knife fight, please let us know how much time you have to think about this kind of thing. <laughs> If you're currently in a knife fight, tweet at us where you think your attacker is next going to go for. Okay. Um, next one is uh, the security guards at the hotel mm-hmm. were kind of just like, well, he had a knife. We just let him go. Uh, and Which I understand. Like, you don't want to get hurt. You're just, you're, you're getting paid by the hour here. Yeah. And, um, but you're not even going to, like, call Rudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. Guy with a knife. You know, normal day on the moon. Yep. Uh, And my last note in chapter nine, and my last note, period, is uh, the Spock ex machina. Um, They were talking about the Starship Enterprise, and that's how she knew that his code was 1701. Uh Yeah. Eh. I just, it feels like something that, like, Andy Weir went back to chapter one and was like, okay, let's have them talk about the Starship Enterprise mm-hmm. so that I can make it 1701. It doesn't seem planned. Yeah. But whatever. I I was really I was really put off by the... What? I like puppies. That line, uh, when she's talking about her, like, da- gizmo background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Just it's... just another, another entry in the, I don't feel like Andy Weir writes female characters well. I, yeah. It, it... We, we haven't finished the book. Right. But two-thirds of the way through, I don't like this as much as The Martian. Yeah. I don't think it's as good a book. I don't think it's just, like, an enjoyment thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good a book. Um, but, you know, what? it could it could pick up, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I like it better than Buried in the Trees so far, so yeah. that's something. Uh, do you have any for Chapter 10? Uh... Other than the, the big thing? Just like, oh, man. That's, yeah, that was about it. Let me... Uh, I, th- I think that was... Clever, the, the getting out of the whole being attacked thing. Sorry, which one? I, I, it's been a while. It... Um, okay, so Jin brought Lefty to her dad's. Yes. And she I went up and started a fire in front of the fire point. detector. Mm-hmm. And tra- trapped them. And that, that did seem planned. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem like a thing he, he added ret- yeah. retrospectively. And then, yeah. Um, sh- Nigugi had a gun. 
that's about it. And we are just excellent at picking the cliffhanger points in this book. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't really a cliffhanger last time, but it was like a, I want to keep reading kind of thing. Uh It wasn't like a, what's going to happen next? It's like, I know what the plan is, sort of. I want to know more about the plan and yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Next episode, we'll be reading To the End. Mm -hmm. We will. So uh, let us know if you have any thoughts on the book, for sure. If you have any thoughts on just this chunk of the book or our interpretations of it, uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at the puns guy, And I'm at NotStevenBerry. If you want to subscribe, that's a thing you can do. Please do. Uh, you can also rate us, leave comments, and uh, star us on Overcast. Yeah, that's, I guess, an option. Pocket Casts, you just can subscribe. That's your option. Plain and simple. Anyway, we'll see you next fortnight. Goodbye. Goodbye.